people like me who are like competing at the top end of the powerlifting or the strength sports spectrum, it's like some of the stuff that I say isn't necessarily meant to be applied to the, the vast majority of people, which is like the vast majority of people that are following me. 95% of the people that are following me, they, they're not, they're not setting out to be the best in the world. They're, they're setting out to be the best version of themselves, which is amazing. There's a separation there. Welcome to the Barbend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barbend.com. Today, we're bringing back one of the most popular guests in barbend history, record-breaking powerlifter, Joe Sullivan. Joe joins us for the second time to talk about training, overcoming injury, and why elite strength athletes probably aren't the best health role models for most of us. He also gives his thoughts on how to bring more unity to the powerlifting world and whether or not the sport can shift to an abundance mindset instead of focusing on scarcity. And a quick heads up, this podcast does contain profanity and some adult subject matter. But before we get into that, I wanted to give a quick shout out to today's episode sponsor, Athletic Greens. I first tried Athletic Greens back in 2012. It was already a massively popular daily supplement, and since then they've undergone dozens of formulation tweaks. It's the rare all-in-one green supplement that's NSF certified, a must for competitive athletes, and also tastes delicious. Interested in trying it? Visit athleticgreens.com forward slash barbend to get a free gift with your purchase. Now let's get on with the show. Joe, thanks so much for joining me. A repeat guest on this podcast, which which might be risky. I don't know. You were brave enough to come back to come back on. Now I appreciate it, man. How is training going and how are you feeling these days? Everything is like as a whole, everything is feeling really great. I am currently like six weeks out from uh, my next competition. I'm doing the USPA Pro Raw Championships, which is the same meet I've done the past two years. It's uh, formerly called the Showdown. Uh, they had like a rebranding thing because it's a different federation now, part of the USPA Pro Series. As a whole, everything is feeling really great. I actually had a shitty day in the gym today just because just like lots of external factors, like our AC is kind of on the fritz. We have a repair guy coming and like we've just had some like life stress stuff. And I was just kind of like no nothing bad in the gym, but I was just like, eh, I really want to be here today. And it was it was just one of those days. But as a whole, everything is moving really well. Like uh, I, I've actually I know our last conversation uh, we were talking about that the the bar bend incident and how that resulted in like herniated discs in my neck and affected the uh the or ended up resulting in a compression injury to the nerve on my left arm i've actually uh been working with a coach uh named jake benson uh who's also like my best friend and he's incredibly intelligent and we've actually been applying a lot of unconventional stuff to my situation like like ranging from phantom limb pain like physical therapy modalities because like same principle like nerve damage can't feel it but it's just essentially paralysis all the way to like different styles of training like glycolytic style training where i'll intentionally deplete my blood sugar in order to like just rely on the neurology to get better and i've been doing all this crazy like high level hooey wooey bullshit 
and I've actually seemed to make a lot of progress. So like as a whole, training is really, really exciting right now because I know uh, last year or whenever it was, I was talking about how I haven't been able to like get my bench to where I want it, whatever. But last week I actually hit uh, 490, uh, 490 pounds for a double, which is unfathomable compared to where I was over the past five years. So I'm actually on track to like match a platform PR, which is amazing. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about everything right now. Well, that's fantastic. Also, I love that you know, if you've been around strength sports for long enough, I am not a fraction of the athlete and never have been that you are. But given a long enough time, time frame, we'll all come across, as you say, some hooey wooey bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it actually, when something like that actually works for you, it like it really pisses you off for a second because you're like, damn it. I thought that was bullshit. I thought that was overthinking it and it actually made my performance so much better. And when I've done that in the past, it's really pissed me off in a way where I'm like so close minded and stubborn. I'm mad about how stubborn I was. Absolutely. And I, and I've, I've had this same conversation with myself because like I, the, the, the injury occurred in 2018 and I was, I kept square pegging and round holing it and just being like, fuck it. I'm going to fucking figure this out. Da da da. And then like, finally I had someone who, I I don't know why I listened to Jake. The dude just like talked to me in a way that I, I I responded really well to. And it's, it's why he and I are such great friends now. Like we're going out to eat later today, but uh, it, I I was just like, okay, yeah, I trust you. And we like completely pulled everything back. Did like a, not even, it wasn't even the training stuff that made that much of a difference. It was like the lifestyle stuff to get me in a position where I could actually like relearn how to move rather than just headstronging my way through it. And now I'm like, shit, I seem to have like made progress. And I thought I was done for forever. Like I, I thought I was just going to be the squat guy for the rest of my life. And, and I still very well, very well may be known for like my, my squat, my all time world record squat, like how, how good I am at squatting, but it's like, fuck, I actually have a bench press again. And I'm like, dude, if I did this like four years ago, who knows where I'd be right now? <laughs> so are you, what you're telling me is you're a naturally stubborn person. I wouldn't have gotten that. I'm completely joking, by the way. That's like that's like clear as day that we share that in common. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like if you do if you do anything as dumb as powerlifting or just lifting weights for over half your life, you have to have some stubborn qualities. Like you're, you're pretty much guaranteed to. It's funny. You know, I, I spent a lot of my career talking to some of the strongest most physically capable people in the world. They're at the, they're at the very end of the bell curve as far as like what they can do with a barbell or a stone or with their body weight across the different strength sports, right? Or endurance, whatever it is. And then you talk to someone who maybe isn't so into strength sports. Maybe they're just lifting to get a little healthier. And they, they say they're like, oh, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not like squatting. 900 pounds i'm not like a super elite record-breaking lifter so what do i know and my response is often like good for you that's a much healthier lifestyle Mm -hmm. overall than than trying to compete at the highest level like you're you probably have a better quality of life (laughs) of life overall. yeah well and and i like to that note there's this weird like dichotomy that like people like i i hate i hate speaking like this because it's like oh he's an elitist or whatever but it's like People like me who are like competing at the top end 
of the powerlifting or the strength sport spectrum. It's like some of the stuff that I say isn't necessarily meant to be applied to the, the vast majority of people, which is like the vast majority of people that are following me. Because I know that a lot, like 90, 95% of the people that are following me, they, they're not setting out to be the best in the world. They're, they're setting out to be the best version of themselves, which is amazing. But it's like, there's a separation there. Cause like, I, I don't know if, I don't know if you saw or if anybody who's, who's listening to this, my significant other, uh, Briani, she just transitioned from powerlifting to bodybuilding, competed in her first women's physique show, uh, first women's physique show, and then went on to nationals, got fourth at nationals, had a very, very successful season. But on one, on one of her posts, she was talking about like, I, I can't even remember, but it was like doing something like going the next level on, on whatever endeavor she's finding herself in. And I commented something where it was like, showing up isn't half the battle. It's, it's the bare minimum or something like that. And I had, I had people respond to me and be like, man, this is like, this is bullshit. What the fuck, Joe? Like sometimes that's the hardest thing for a lot of people. And it, and it's like, I get that. And I understand that, but that statement isn't meant for the people who are saying like, well, I'm not squatting 900 pounds. I'm not doing it to that level because you, the people in that position, they can afford a lot more balance, a lot more, a lot of much quote unquote healthier relationship with what it is that they're doing. Like in order to achieve all time world records, certain physique looks or like uh, levels of body fat or, or whatever achievement that you set yourself out to, there's a point where you can't really expect balance. You can't expect moderation. And if you do, you're either one of the most, and if you succeed, you're either one of the most genetically gifted people on the planet and you should consider yourself blessed or you're delusional because you're not getting to where you could be otherwise. And and it's it's both it's just it's a matter of perspective because i i am sometimes i'm incredibly jealous of the people like i have i live in las vegas this is a very like party centric like have fun go out hang out type world a, a promoter friend of mine who who is one of the the big guys at some of the clubs here texted me today and he's like hey do you want a free table today at, at one of the clubs cuz i think uh, it's like kaigo is playing or something and this 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 table would go for like $7,000 cause it's like on stage. And I'm like, no man, sorry. I'm benching right now and I have a podcast later and I just need to rest cause I have a heavy squat on Sunday. And part of me, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I could be like, yeah, I'm gonna go do that. Cause that'd be really fun. But being in the position that I'm in, you can't afford that level of balance at this point in the training cycle and people that are more relaxed about it you could argue it's a, it's a bit healthier of a relationship and, and, and it's not, not so much like healthy in terms of like their peak physical achievement, but healthy in terms of like, Hey, it's okay if we don't do this and it's okay if we do this. So I'm jealous sometimes. The lesson I'm getting from this, and I'm not a smart man, but the lesson I'm getting from this is that balance, a balanced lifestyle includes uh, stage side tables at Kygo concerts <laughs> with, with some level of regularity, right? Context. Context. I'm just lucky because I'm a bullshitter <laughs> and I end up talking to people that I'm like, hey, 
I'm Joe Sullivan. What's up? How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And then I hit it off with random people. And then they're like, hey, I like having that guy around. And then I end up going to concerts in Vegas because it's Vegas. And I know people. And I'm like, ah. You could just be, you could just be at the table, like, drinking, you know, drinking water and eating chicken breast with, like, you know, just some plain seasoning and just kind of bumping along and staying hydrated. And I mean, like, I'm sure that happens occasionally. I've, I, Dave, I'll tell you, I have done that. I've done that before. And it's fun for 15 minutes. And then it's like, man, I would really like a margarita right now. Hey, you know what? I, uh, not being a not elite athlete myself, I think I balance too much in the other direction sometimes. And, so, you know. Hey, and- and and be, being an elite athlete myself, like further away from competition, I I balance a little bit too too far on that side. Also, I, well, I think a lot of uh, people who are elite in athletics, there is a work hard, play hard mentality, right? Like if you yeah. go that intense in your training and your preparation, when you are going to let loose, you're not going to half ass letting loose, or at least you're not going to tend to half ass that, right? Absolutely. Well, and and not even that. That's an interesting topic that you could talk for forever on because it's, it's not, it's like that work hard, play hard mentality. And you could, you could even go so far as to say like, what is this pursuit of like performance? It, because it's, 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 it's somewhat obsessive. And then you could make the argument that it's just like a a variation or like an offshoot of addictive behavior. Mm. And then it's like, why do some people, why do some people gravitate so hard towards stuff like that? And then in their off season, why do they tend to do like drink more heavily, party more heavily? Like it's when you're like so focused on something where it's like, I I was saying earlier where it's like, there is no balance. It's like either a hundred percent on or nothing. The problem with that approach with a lot of people and something that I've struggled with in the past is when you're 100% on, you're laser focused and 100% on, but you lack the ability to dial it back to like 75% in an off season. It goes from either 100% all the way to nothing. So there are, I know people that struggle with that. I know like it's, it's big in the bodybuilding scene and I've gotten more, more familiar with it, just training at Dragon's Lair and living in Las Vegas but it's like I have I have friends of mine that like just because being a local in Vegas, like you you know a lot of people that are at the clubs and whatnot. I dude, I have some friends that are going out like three or four days a week. And it's like, I don't know how you're fucking surviving, man. Cause it, it's a weird balance. Cause this this stuff that we do, it's like it's it's productive and it's enriching and it's fulfilling, but it it could be argued to be somewhat of like an addictive behavior, like just this learned behavior where it's like, I do this thing, I get this thing. I do this thing, I get this thing. I do this thing, I get this thing. And it starts to become like a, a, an aspect of like controlling what you do. So there's, there's value in moderation, but there's also, it's, it's also like a struggle to achieve it too. I mean, it, it, there is a, I don't want to go too into the weeds here, but there's a physiological component of this because exercise creates an endorphin feedback loops in your brain. Right. And you, you become addicted to that feeling. Sometimes it's not so much, oh, I really want to work out. It's, I know how not good I'm going to feel, how not good my brain is going to feel if I don't work out relative to if I actually trained. Yep. 
and exactly. it, just, it becomes this kind of pattern matching that you just like have to do a certain number of times per week. Learn, learn behavior, dude. Cause it's like, and I know, I know we don't want to get too into the weeds, but like, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's dopamine and fucking neurotransmitters because you, you know how bad you're not going to feel if you don't work out that day and then like remove the working out as, as the variable. And it's like, well, I know how bad I'm going to feel if I don't take that bump of cocaine or that, that energy drink or that whatever. And it's just like, it, it's just like if X is working out, then X, like Y could be this. And it's just like, it's, it's the same, it's the same learned behavior of anything. And it's just like figuring out which, uh, which avenue like that is going to be the most, the, the healthiest and the most productive way of doing things. We'll get back to the conversation in just a moment, but first a quick shout out to our episode sponsor, Athletic Greens. It's the daily all-in-one supplement with vitamins, minerals, probiotics, adaptogens, and more to help your body perform the highest level. It mixes easily, tastes delicious, and is a personal favorite way for me to start the day. Visit athleticgreens.com forward slash barband to check it out. Now let's get on with the show. As humans, we look for our, we lean on heuristics about like what's going to make us feel good. And you hope that a balance of healthy eating and activity and moderation is, is going to, is going to get you there. At least you're going to fall into something sustainable, but let's, let's take it in a slightly different direction. I'm going to take it outside of the Vegas mindset for just a second, as much as I kind of want to stick with that. Uh-huh. Let's talk about the current state of powerlifting. Yeah. This is a sport that, man, you blink and it changes. When it comes to federations, when it mm-hmm. comes to who's doing what, I, I, I mean, it, it's very. Di- I'm a little bit removed from editorial at Barbend these days because we've hired people who, frankly, are much more talented than I am. So I'm not involved in the day to day content production for a lot of like, oh, this person's squatting this, this event just got announced here, this federation's doing this. So when I kind of plug back in more on a weekly basis now, I'm like, damn, this is moving so quickly. Mm-hmm. What about? I mean, it's been probably a year and a half, two years since we chatted. What about the current state of powerlifting really jazzes you up and fires you up in a good way? And what about the current state of powerlifting maybe gets you a little bit down to the dumps? It, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't want to sound like a broken record uh, because it's, it, a lot of my answer is going to be like a, a similar sounding answer as to what I would have said a year and a half or two years ago because it's, it's ongoing issues. Like they're the, the, one of the things, starting with like the bad, is how fractured the uh, the the state of powerlifting is. There seems to be it. Like like I said it just now. I'm doing the USPA Pro Raw Championships this September. It was formerly the WRPF Showdown the past two years, and and it switched federations because there was somewhat of infighting and like just disagreements in terms of like what direction that should go in and whatnot. And it's. The problem with powerlifting, or one of the main problems with powerlifting that is like limiting what it could be, is the inability amongst like people that are organizing the meets to collaborate with one another. It's very, I don't, I can't remember if we talked about this. I feel like we did. But if, if you're familiar with like abundant, the abundance mindset versus the scarcity mindset, where like the abundance mindset is like, Hey, if I win and I help other people win, everybody's going to win harder. There's more that a rising tide raises all ships. 
there's more than enough to go around for everyone. We can all succeed if we all kind of not, not pool our resources, but understand that like this person's success does not take away from my own success versus the scarcity mindset, which, which is very like, I need to get mine and protect mine and fuck you because if you're not with me, you're against me. And it, it doesn't even have to be that malicious. It's just, it, it, there's like this limit or this barrier that prevents people from collaborating or like trying to trying to lift up the collective. And, and there see, there seems to be quite a bit of that in powerlifting these days. And that's the biggest thing that at least on the untested side of powerlifting, that's, that's what people struggle with because it, it limits the growth of the sport because then you end up having certain lifters will only go to these certain meets because it's my friends or they, they treated me well and they didn't treat me well last year. Or like my friends said that these guys are dicks, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not going to do that. And it's just this like weird little like infighting type shit that prevents the growth as a whole. But in terms of the positive, there seems to be a push to get away from that. There seems to be as imperfect as it is, there seems to be a, a, a resurgence of people viewing the sport in terms of the abundance mindset. And it's exciting because I have, I really have to give a shout out to uh, the American Pro, which just occurred about two, two or three weeks ago. Uh, and it's a WRPF meet. And it really kind of put, seemed to push everyone towards one location and and really like it was one of the biggest meets that i saw i wasn't able to be there because uh Brian, it was the same weekend Brianni competed in usa's but it seemed to be an actual professional level of production and it really seemed to not be just about how they could make the federation look good or they could make the meet look good it seemed to really come down to this is for the lifters and it's a and it and it's making the lifters experience the best it could be. And there seems to be a bit more willingness to collaborate with one another in order to bring up the entire experience of power lifters in general. Because after this meet, I spoke with uh, M- Micah Marino. One, one, I I don't know his title, but he's one of the main players on the WRPF side. And I, I tend to lean more towards the USPA. I, I don't dislike the WRPF. I just had some disagreements with the way that they were approaching their pro powerlifting circuit this past year. But speaking with Micah, he took my feedback from over a year ago and, and the feedback of everyone else who, who was dissatisfied with the way it was organized. And they really seem to be trying to innovate and trying to make things better and not just make things better for the WRPF. But from speaking with Micah, he was very, very willing to collaborate and communicate with the USBA side and and other sides and be like, hey, let's start organizing our meets so that it's not like there's a big WRPF meet on September 12th and then a big USBA meet on September 18th. Let's try to space these things out. And I don't know if this is actually going to happen, I don't know how, how far this is going to go because it's, it's going to require the willingness of the opposing side to communicate and collaborate as well. But at least in my discussions with Micah and my conversations that I've had with him, I feel 
a bit excited about it because it seems promising that we might be able to have a little bit more like cross federation communication and a willingness to like bop back and forth between them so that everyone can have a better experience rather than one federation being like, well, we just want people here and fuck everything else. So are you going to host the peace summit in Las Vegas? Everyone's going to fly in. You're going to rent a venue. It's going to be like the accords where everyone like shake hands, shakes hands. It's a photo opportunity. You in the middle, like holding their hands while they're shaking. I'm thinking, you know what I mean? Like one of those hey, 1970s peace accord things. I, I, I keep, I, I keep thinking about it because I actually recorded a podcast yesterday uh, with Omar Esoff and Eric Helms, if you know those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we and we talked about uh, the history of powerlifting. And I, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but uh, the Raw Unity meets. Do you know what those were? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ba- back in the day, there were the, it was a meet that was unsanctioned. It was cross federation. Everyone was invited. Uh, there was a, a, a set standard of rules. And it was, it didn't matter what fed you, fed you lifted in. There was only an entry fee and it was only in, it was invite only. And it was where the best of the best showed up to compete and prove that they were the best of the best, regardless of federation, regardless of affiliation and regardless of equipment. Cause this was back in the day when single ply was much more, much more prevalent than raw powerlifting. Everybody took the equipment off and competed with one another. I have a dream. <laughs> And I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do it because I'm already stressed as is. I have like three, I have like three different like professional ventures that I have my fucking hands in right now. And I'm busy all the time, but I really, really, really wish in like three to five years, if I could somehow find the funds and the means and the allies, like maybe, maybe the Micahs of the world, maybe the JP prices of the world, and if there is this willing willingness to collaborate, I definitely think Las Vegas would be a very, very interesting place to hold something like a raw unity meet one day. And that's that's like a like I don't I don't have I have no realistic plans of doing that. But it's this idea that I would love to see take off in the future, if if at all possible. So. Who knows? I think it needs to be in late July. It needs to be in the sun, in the desert, a little bit yep. outside Death of town. Valley. There yep. just yeah, there needs to be just like a there needs to be just a rack, a single yep. rack in the middle of Death Valley, mm-hmm. right? In, in in fact, why don't why don't we coordinate with uh, EDC and we'll just have like a dual event where it's <laughs> like like EDM concert, a bunch of people on like Molly and Ecstasy. And then powerlifting right here. I think that would that, 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 that'd go over really well, right? Well, you know, you'd finally have an audience for powerlifting. <laughs> you'd, that you'd finally get this. You'd finally get the spectators that, yeah. that that federations have wanted for a long time. I absolutely. You know, you could you could set up a, a separate stage. I think EDC has a bunch of different stages, right? They have yeah, like they the do, chain smokers do. playing here. They have like David Guetta po- playing here. I I don't I don't know. I don't actually follow this stuff. So like, if these aren't actual people that play there, like I'm sorry, I'm old. Like I don't listen to this stuff. It, it it's accurate enough to be con- convincing. So <laughs> cool. Cool. I'll just, I'll just, fa- I'm not Gen Z. I don't know. I don't know how all this stuff works. I don't, I don't go, I don't go to cool concerts. Man, I'm going, I've been to two Billy Joel concerts this summer. That's, how, that's, Dude, that's how, that's what, I, that's my life. That's awesome though. Billy, Billy Joel fucking rocks. I, uh, 
my my parents I, you're you're gonna hate this because it's like it, it's my parents but but they they came out here and uh, went to a Billy Joel concert because I I got them like I got them tickets as a Christmas present so they came out here fucking loved it so it was great. I took my mom to a Billy Joel concert last month. Yeah. yeah. Made made her freaking year. Made yeah. her year. That sh- that shit's fucking bomb, dude. And I'm also going again myself without her later this month. Just to, yeah. just to clarify. Awesome. Good. Good. That's awesome. <laughs> but yes, anyway, I think should, there should be a separate stage at at EDC with just powerlifting and you know what? People would probably enjoy it. Yeah. But but in in all like reality and, and just like in in seriousness i do i i am just the way that powerlifting like the way that some of these players in powerlifting have been communicating and there seems to be like a little bit more willingness to collaborate i'm i'm really hopeful that one one day in the next like three to five years two two to three to five years i don't know there there's going to be one meet that occurs where it's not going to matter the federation or the affiliation. And it's just going to be like, this is the place to go to have head to head matchups. I I'm, I'm hopeful that that's going to happen. And, and it's, it's, it's looking like it might, even if it, even if it turns into that, the, the meat that that is might be the American pro, or it might be one of the USPA pro uh, versions. It, it just, it's just going to depend on a lot of variables. But but I'm I'm confident. In it. I genuinely believe. I've, I've said it recently, but I genuinely believe that like we are currently in the golden age of powerlifting. The positives outweigh the negatives by by a mile. It's just because of social media and because of the willingness of people to critique. It, it puts the negatives at the forefront because people have that. It, it's a negativity bias. We like to complain and like talk about the things that are wrong rather than celebrating the things that are right or that have improved over the past years. And, and and that's, that's human nature, but, but I am really, really excited for the future of powerlifting, especially the way, the way some of these meets have gone and and how the lifting has gone because there's, there's stuff happening that is completely unfathomable. Like five years ago, you, you tell someone five years ago that John Hack has a realistic chance of spotting 800, benching 600 and deadlifting 900 in a full meet, and they would laugh at you. But, but that is a realistic possibility soon. Well, Joe, you couldn't have ended on a more optimistic note. Where is the best place for people to get your own brand of stubborn optimism and follow along with you on social media? Well, uh, social media, uh, I am easy to find. It's just Joe Sullivan underscore AOD on everything. Instagram, TikTok. I never post on TikTok. I still don't know how to. I, I literally just watch food videos and like chef stuff on that app. But occasionally I'm on there. But uh, that's social media. My, my website uh, is theaodcollective.com, the Adapter Die Collective. Uh, that's my coaching business. If you guys want to get a hold of me, I definitely recommend uh, using my contact me button on there because it goes directly to my email rather than getting flooded with uh, Instagram DMs or anything. But if you want to get a hold of me, email on the website. Uh, I have variety of stuff to purchase or talk about if you want to. And if anyone ever wants to just hit me up, I do do my best to check all my DMs. I just might not get back to you for a week or two or 
for i don't know <laughs> well joe i appreciate you getting back to me it's a pleasure chatting with you once again and really excited uh as your training ramps up uh to the meet in a few weeks so six weeks sorry it's a little more than yep. a few weeks you know what i mean it, cool it's close it's, clo- it's close enough for me to be stressed about it but i'm excited <laughs> awesome thanks so much joe i appreciate it thanks dave